were you watching some of that episode? Did you see a little bit of it or were you kind of chilling? No, it was, I, I had it on. Um, I was watching the, uh, the Penn state game though, too. Cause, uh, that's my, uh, you know, my alma mater. So, uh, right. plus I had 250 bucks on the game. So, uh, <laughs> well, I had, I, I had the, I had the auction up and, um, and the Penn state game up. Um, but they, they ended up winning against Auburn, which is a, a big game for Penn state. Right. So right on, right on. So, I mean, that was, that was, I always have so much fun doing that episode. Adam's a great co-host and, uh, Eric yeah. comes on and helps out at the end. And, uh, that was fun, man. 175 lots, but uh, that extended bidding is, is a lot of action in that extended bidding period, for sure. Um, well, listen, man. I mean, it's great to have you here, Joe. Can I call you Joe? Yes. Yes, please do. <laughs> well, I usually, so I'm going to call you Silver. I'm gonna, I think we're going to just call you Silver. I'm going to. I thought I had a banner, like a ticker, ready for you, but I don't. So I'm going to just put on. Uh, for everyone who's watching right now, if you're not already a big fan of Joe, which I'm sure most of you are, subscribe to Joe on YouTube. And I'm just going to put on his channel name. It is Silver Jackify, all one word. That's yep. somewhat important. So let me just uh, put that up there. We'll have that scrolling for people to see. That's where you can find Joe. Joe, you're not an Instagram or a Twitter guy. You're you're a fa- you're a, you're a YouTube guy, right? Yeah, I've been on YouTube for about six and a half years now, um, and that's pretty much all I've done. I, I tried to, I, I did a little bit of Instagram. Uh, I still, <laughs> I have a, an account that's incredibly stale, uh, but I just do the YouTube thing. You know, it's it's um, it's been a like it's 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 a great forum for me because I am uh, sometimes very long winded, and I like to get my points across and. Um, you know, it, it gives me the, the the forum to, you know, if, if I want to talk about one particular card for 20 minutes, it gives me the forum to do it. And uh, the, the cool thing is, you know, um, I, I did this like six plus years ago, you know, thinking if there's just one person that watches, you know, the video and because ha- I spent for, for years, I got back into the hobby and I'd, I'd show my wife, I'd be like, oh, hey, I, got, I picked up a card. She'd be like, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd show some of my buddies. And they'd be like, good for you. Like, they'd be like, ah, good, you know, good for you <laughs> that you picked up a card. I was like, there's got to be somebody else out there that collects. Um, and that's why I started to, you know, show my collection. I was like, oh, man, if, like, even if I get like 20 views on YouTube, uh, it would be awesome. And then that the, the that first video where I did my top 50 cards uh, ended up getting like 50,000 views. Um, and then ever since then, I just I've been, you know, uh, been if people are going to watch and, you know, and, and the community is amazing, as you know, um, everyone is so incredibly positive. Um, and so I have no reason to go to any other community. <laughs> Everyone's just so awesome in the YouTube community. And, um, you know, that's, that's where I've made my home. So. So let's, let's talk about that for a second, the community, because that's why I met you. That's how we met. We were we were fortunate, uh, at least I feel that way, uh, to meet at the National last month. Yep. And we met at the Lowe's Hotel. It was the Thursday night. Um, our our friend Filmington organized uh, an event at the at, in the in the lounge there, and uh, we were both there. And there was one point where all the all the YouTubers got together and took this big picture and you and I were both at the back of the row. And as we're kind of, everyone's putting their arms around each other. You're like, you're like, Hey man, we should do something. We should do something. I'm like, yeah, for sure. Come on my show sort of thing. 
and uh, and that's how we met. Was take was during the during the the picture taking of like there had to be at least fifty people in that in that in that uh, picture. What what looks like a team photo sort of thing. Right. Do you remember that? Yeah. No. It, it, like the crazy thing is, you know, two years ago it was in Chicago, and you know there was a bunch of YouTubers that got. And it was like thirty YouTubers. We all got you know a picture together, and I, I made a point of this in uh, my recap video at the national. The, the huge difference wasn't the fact that, you know, we, we ended up doing the same picture. And of course, there were more YouTubers. But I, I'm sure, as you saw, the amount of people that were in that lobby two years ago, it was it was just the 30 of us. <laughs> like, you know, it was empty. Besides that, it was just I was blown away by the turnout that we saw uh, people still. Like, I love it. I, I love that there's like the younger community is getting into it. I saw a lot of younger kids like uh, setting up their own table after the show and, and wheeling and dealing. And uh, I thought it was, it was so cool to see, to see that. And, um, but yeah, and, and, and you and I saw each other um, at the national. It's a great, great way to, to, to meet everyone. And everyone's so um, it's so great. And it's a great like uh, opportunity to, you know, if, if you need, if you want some advice on like, should I buy this card? I'm looking at, at getting this. Or I'm looking for this card. Can somebody help me? You got like 40, 50 people that you can kind of enlist to help you out. I've, I've, ha I've actually used that in the last couple of nationals. I'd be like, hey, I'm looking for this card. And then somebody will pull me aside and be like, hey, you know, you like the national is so huge. You kind of need all those eyes and ears helping you out. Um, saves you a lot of time. <laughs> but yeah. uh, it was awesome. It was that that Lowe's Hotel. You mentioned how there are people set up everywhere. There were people set up. They they put their cards just out on chairs. They had them, they had them ever. I, I at one point I took my camera and I did like this this Instagram live that didn't save because my phone died. But I was like, we have a we have chair dealers here. We have counter dealers. We have the the flight center dealers. We got the bathroom dealers. People were set up everywhere on whatever they could. Floor dealers. People were just putting out their cards and what a that was a that was like an impromptu card show like I had never seen. We've uh, we've done a lot of talking about the national. Uh, by we, I mean all of the uh, all the YouTubers have uh, since it's since it's ended. What by were you going to jump in? Did you see uh, Rick Flair uh, that night? I didn't. I, I heard he was there, but I missed it. I missed yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> he gave us a, a little woo as he was like entering the elevator. He, like, and he was having a hard time getting. He had so many bags and stuff. Yeah. Was, like someone right. help him. Yeah. <laughs> and it was just like staring at him, you know, because they don't want to bother him. And he's just like, woo! <laughs> Whenever a fa and a fa if a family was coming to check in, they had to literally step over people and their cards. That's how busy that that room was. But um, okay, let's uh, we let's just say hello to some people in the comments. Michael Ham uh, clocked in early. Uh, Carla Rose is there, so still because we weren't on the screen. We got Pepino Man. Yeah, we were still doing the the auction. Good morning from India, Jahan. Great to see you. Hey, look at that. Andy's here. She blinded me with her fractors. Great to have you. Tyler's a big fan of Joe. Troy in the house. Birds on the bat says, rumor has it Joe sold the very house he sits in to buy that SGC7 Mickey Mantle. I'm, I'm this close to waking up my wife and, and telling her that we need to, to sell the house and buy that SGC7 Mantle. That mantle was gorgeous. Wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, Skeppy wants to know, uh, Joe, do you know who Ken Stabler is? No, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm a baseball guy. So I, you know, 
Ken Stabler. I, I yes. Mean, there we go. Me and Joe, <laughs> we have it in common too. We're not big fans of Ken Stabler. Parlay J, can't wait to subscribe to Silver Jack. If I, I heard he's a beast. Uh, yes. Yes, yes, he, he is. He's he subscribed. He knows. Here's Jay, a question. Jay, Jay was the was the uh, one of my buddies that went with me to, to the national. So all oh, right on. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Hello, Parlay Jay. Great to have you. Tyler wants to know what does Silver Jackify mean? I, I can't believe I didn't think to ask this question. What's the meaning behind your uh, your YouTube handle? Um, so it's kind of a weird thing. Um when when I was younger. Uh, me and my brother um, did a cartoon, like an original cartoon, and uh, one of the main—it's like a—it's like a South Park meets P- Monty Python, kind of like you know one of those types of cartoons that we just wrote. You know, it's like totally made up characters, and um, and the main one of the funnier characters in the show is called Silver Jack, and so I named the, my channel. You know, I'm not thinking it was going to be a sports card channel. Silver Jackify based on that cartoon. And I, I don't want to change it. I, I know that my channel has become a sports card channel, but I, I have I, I'm I'm kind of tied to that name now. It's too late yeah. to change it. So you can't change it, man. You you are stuck with that yeah. now for sure. For <laughs> sure. Well, Pepino Man says he's been watching you since you were aluminum Jackify. <laughs> <laughs> We got uh, we got uh, Ron Fig in the house. Had the pleasure of meeting Ron at the national as well. Definitely, definitely. Three five seven says Pepino Man is a legend. Yes. Good evening, Dr. Great to see you, Jim C. Goodfellas. Good evening to you. Good evening to you. We got Troy. We got Mark Karpinski in the house. In this world of dollar signs and profit grabbing, Joe is the breath of fresh air with his passion as a true collector. Perfect, Ooh. perfect segue. So, Joe. What do you collect? Let's talk about it. What do you collect? Tell me, tell me and us a little bit about your kind of your, your hobby trajectory over the past, I don't know, 30 or so years. Yeah. I mean, uh, just like everyone, uh, collected in the eighties and nineties, loved it as a kid, um, and then left for college and would rather spend my money on, uh, beer and, you know, uh, meeting girls, you know, and that whole thing and, and stop collecting for, for, for the longest time. Um, and then, I, you know, you, you, you get back to it. Um, it's one of those things. I think the way that I ended up getting back into it was, you know, you go to Target and you, you get like a blaster box and you're like, ah, oh, you know, what the hell? And then you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. I remember this, you know, you know, being fun and, um, you know, slowly got back into it. And, and as I've, um, like over the last real 10 years, the last 10 years is, is really when I've really gotten back into it. Um, and, and I guess my, my focus, um, has always been on, you know, collecting. So I'm a big baseball guy, as I've been saying. Um, and so I, I've been, my whole goal has been, you know, collecting the most iconic baseball cards of, of all time, ha- having like a piece. Um, I, I don't understand how people only collect vintage or only collect modern, I, I want to own like a little bit of everything, a little bit of from the 1800s, the T206 cards, the 50s, the 60s. Um, and then the modern cards are fun to, to, uh, to you know, it's fun to open packs. Um, but if I have any focus, it's, it's always been on, uh, you know, getting a, a piece of history um, throughout, um, throughout baseball card history. Um, I have um, over the last year, branched out more than I've ever had. 
Um, just because, you know, like I realize that there's um, it's more than just, you know, there, there's so many great uh, vintage, especially vintage, you know, vintage basketball, vintage football, vintage hockey. Um, and then so I started to branch out a little bit on that. And the way that I did that uh, was collecting the goats. Um, and then and lately, um, as you and I kind of talked real quickly, was, um, you know, also branching out even outside of those four major sports. Like um, I, I, I pulled some cards aside, but I have. Well, the- yeah, I, I, I have. I want to yeah. I want to lob one up for you. And I sure, wanted sure. to ask you, is there such thing of, of a, as a mouse that can also be a goat? <laughs> uh yeah so i, I so I, I guess the other day my recent pickup uh i don't know like it's it's getting crazy i'm, I'm like kind of all over the place now um uh, but i pull I, I got a uh 1931 uh card with walt disney and uh mickey mouse and it's like the first ever uh mickey mouse like the first ever card with mickey mouse on it um it was like this beautiful, like, like tobacco card, um, that I didn't even know existed. And, uh, Jay, uh, who, who was, who I was mentioned earlier, he's the one that kind of mentioned, he's like, he, he's like, if you checked out the, uh, like the first ever Mickey mouse cards. And at first I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, um, and then I, and then I started looking into it and I'm like, you know, as a fan of Disney, like I have a two year old and a nine year old, we spend a lot of time watching, Di- you know, Disney, we just went to Disney world and I was like, how cool would it be to own, um, you know, the first ever, you know, Walt Disney Mickey Mouse card. And so I, I ended up uh, buying a really beautiful PSA six, which I'll show on the channel. I was hoping I would get it today, but unfortunately it uh, looks like it'll be delivered on Monday. So I'll show it on my channel on Monday, but uh, love it. I, I, you know, it, I've, I've been really enjoyed kind of branching a little bit out. Although, so every, you know, every once in a while I'm like, I got to get back to my roots, which is, you know, you know, baseball, uh, modern and, and vintage. So, I mean, you are, you, do you enjoy vintage more than modern? Like, is there, do you have a, you said that vintage is kind of your roots, but, and I, I ask this because vintage is my roots too, but I find that I'm just, I, I, I enjoy, and when I say modern, I mean, like, I enjoy rare, nice rare inserts and parallels, that kind of thing. I love the, the, lab, the second half of the 90s. I love the last 10 years. Do you get joy out of out of this stuff now, like, like, I guess, how do you balance your, your love for vintage with, with, with the excitement of modern day cards? Yeah. I, I, I would say that uh, I, if I have any roots, it's really more in baseball. It's not necessarily vintage. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I, I've been doing the rookie explosion box that you mentioned Filmington does. Um, that's like one of my favorite things to do. Uh, Cause he puts together, um, like a really nice lineup of like 10 packs of like, you know, cards that, and, and, and he focuses on, okay, yeah, I can get, I can get these rookies um, in these packs. Um, so that's sort of how I stay in touch with the modern stuff is um, through, you know, opening a, a packs occasionally. Um, I don't, you know, when it comes to like buying like one, one card, you know, everyone, like pretty much every month, I'll buy like one or two big cards. Um, and if I'm going to buy one or two big cards, I usually uh, go for vintage a little bit more. Um, but I, I do, you know, every once in a while, like if a, if a player has been established, um, I, I'm not, I like, 
a couple of years ago, I, I was into prospecting a little bit and it, it's fun, but um, I don't know. Prospecting always bites you. Uh, it's, it's uh, if you're not somebody that sells and, and you, you're not, you're not going to sell when the, the, the player peaks, it, it could be very dangerous. Uh, Do you? Prospecting. So I, you know, I usually like, if I'm going to go for a modern card, it's like guys that are a little bit more established, like Miguel Cabrera or Mike Trout or, you know, even Aaron judge, like, you know, guys that, you know, I think are going to guys that maybe aren't rookies or prospects, you know, I I go for guys that are a little bit more established. Have you, have you dabbled at all in like the, the nineties, the rare nineties inserts? No, I, I, you know, well, that's the thing is like, and I don't, maybe it's because I don't have any connection to it because, you know, as I was saying, like I collected in the in the eighties. I was really hard collecting in the eighties, and then the early nineties, and then I was out. And I, I guess I don't. Maybe that's why I haven't gotten into the inserts because I just I have no roots to it because I, you know, I went out went off to college and and wasn't really paying attention to, you know, the late nineties, you know, early two thousands when those awesome and, and I, I've seen some of my fellow YouTubers that have an amazing collection of insert cards. Um, and, I, and, and while I think they're really cool, I just, I, I, I don't connect with them the way, you know, I, I, I'd rather, I, I have, I've been buying a lot of, uh, a lot of eighties cards like Tiffany and, you know, they, they have to be a PSA 10, but I, I, I haven't connected as much to the inserts um, at all. Yeah. And, and you know, you may be better off just staying away because they are so awesome that it's so easy to just get, yeah. get so, you know, just, just all your attention uh, consumed by these cards and never mind attention, but money too. Cause they're, they're not, uh, they're not cheap in many cases either, but I love them. I think they're awesome. I just want to know if you had any, uh, any interest or if you, you'd start to, to dabble in those at all. Well, like, like you and I said, like, it's one of those things you buy one. I bet you if I bought one, the, the floodgates would open and then I'd be like, then I'd just be buying inserts. Uh, I think so, that's how it works. Yeah. That's how it works, man, right. You buy one and you're in trouble. So right. it's exactly. way, for sure. For sure. I want to, I want to talk a bit about, um, you know, personal collection versus inventory and, you know, how, how do you decide what is what? Because we, we chatted a bit about this the other night and I thought it was an interesting discussion. And I wanted to put it back to you a little bit because, you know, do you ever do, do you ever buy and sell? Like, are you, like, I know you're a collector. I'm a collector, too. But a lot of collectors also do do some buying and selling. Have you done much buying and selling in your in your time? Have you set up a card shows as a vendor? I've never set up as a vendor. Um, I've literally sold my first card ever about uh, eight or nine months ago. I've never sold a card like literally until like eight or nine months ago. Um, and and I guess the way that I look at it, you know, and, and I, I was surprised, but I actually kind of enjoyed selling the card because it, it was just a card that didn't fit into my, what I was trying to do with my collection um, and so I actually enjoyed, it. I was like, wow, I can now take this money and buy a card that I really want. Um, and I actually, in, now that I've done it, I actually highly encourage, uh, those of you out there that have never sold a card to, you know, if you have, if you have a cards, um, that don't fit into your collection and, and you, you know, um, you don't really look at them that often. They're kind of like collecting dust. Like why not take that? <laughs> 
uh, sell it and and then use that to buy uh, cards that you really do want. I, I, it's a really simple philosophy for me. I, I, you know, I look at the card and I say to myself, if I were to sell this, would I have any interest in buying it again in the future? And if the answer is yes, then don't sell it. <laughs> but if you, if you are, are okay, if you're saying like, okay, if I sell this card, I would have no interest in buying it again in the future. Why not sell it? Cause you, you clearly, it's not a card that you really need for your collection. And the beauty is that like it's, it's added like a little bit of extra funds for cards that I, that I really do want. So um, I've actually enjoyed the process of, of selling. And the, the weird thing about it, like I've never once um, told anybody on YouTube what my eBay channel is because I don't want to take advantage of my YouTube uh, subscribers, um, you know, thinking that, okay, well, um, I don't know. I, I've had a weird thing with like, I don't want to take advantage of my subscribers in any way. Like, I, like, I feel like I have a connection with them and they've, they've been so like positive, like the, all the videos that I do, I'll, I'll get like, you know, so many likes, very dislikes, all the comments are so positive and I don't want to, you know, use that to like make money. Um, like I've never asked for somebody to commute, you know, uh, contribute to Patreon or, you know, here's my eBay uh, store. Go, you know, now that you like my my channel, why don't you go overpay for a card? So I, I, I've actually, it's a weird thing. I've, I've, I've kept it kind of quiet that I sell a couple of cards on eBay. And I, and if people ask, are you selling? I never, I never uh, respond because <laughs> I, I don't want them to buy because I'm YouTuber. I, I want them, to, like, if they buy a card from me, like, I want it to be like, I don't want to like take advantage of of my subscribers in any way, which is I don't know if that's strange, but that like that's something. No, I, man. Yeah, I think I think I think that's why people like you so much. I mean, you've got you have lots of subscribers too. Like what I don't know, ten, eleven, twelve thousand, something like that. Yeah, eleven thousand one hundred subscribers. Not that I'm counting or anything. Yeah, that's a, I mean that's a that's a really big number, is you know I mean there's there's bigger YouTubers out there of course, but we're right. in the, we're in the the sports card niche and uh, you know there's there's not a ton that have over ten thousand I, I would I would think there's maybe only a couple that are over a hundred thousand so yeah and and um I, it's it's been awesome like and I don't post that often like I, I you know and that's what's been so amazing for me is that wh why people are subscribing to my channel and, and watching my videos. I, I don't know if I totally understand, um, but I, <laughs> you know, cause I, I don't post that often. You know, I've got a, a two year old and a nine year old that take up a lot of my time and I, I try to post quality stuff and I've been doing it for a long time, but I've only done probably like 150 videos or something like that. Um, so the fact that I have so many people that, you know, and loyal you know, people too, that like watch every video and, and, you know, post comments. It's, it's, it's awesome. I, I love it. Right on. Yeah. Okay. I have the next topic I want to go into with you, but we're going to get to the comments first and just uh, address and address a few of them. Say hi to some people. Joe Perot says that he enjoyed your top 10 hottest, coldest drop the other day. Nice. Really, really good stuff there. Uh, Jim C. Goodfellas, I've been subscribed for Silver for a long time. I think the algorithm showed him to me because he's a Yankees guy. That's pretty cool. And 357 wants to know, do you still have the yellow Hogan rookie card and the Tim Duncan rookie card? I do. I do. I, have, I, I actually pulled out the Hogan. It's somewhere It's somewhere over here. 
I don't know if we're going to get to a show and tell it all, but I we will. We will. Birds on the Bat says that you need to buy a Charizard now. So let me ask you this. You mentioned to me that you have some Star Wars. You like some Star Wars cards. You bought the the Mickey Mouse Walt Disney card. You love your baseball. Where do you stand on a card like a Charizard, which obviously has hobby significance as far as cardboard goes? It has even made its way into the sports card. It's impacted sports card collectors. I was bitten by the bug very briefly. Um, how about you? Where do you stand on this? No, I absolutely. And, and that like, this is a card that I'm very interested in. You know, I, I don't know if it's top 10 cards I'm looking at right now, but it is definitely, it's definitely something I, I, I could see buying in the future. Um, yeah. I, I, I've definitely, um, and I, I, the thing is, I don't collect Pokemon. <laughs> I never did. Um, but I, I, it's one of those cards. It, it's 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 actually kind of a really cool card that I, I I see all the time, and I'm like, I don't know. It's 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 like it's weird. It's like the more you see a card, the more you want it, and know. um, you know, and and I I have that problem where like if I see a card enough, I start to go, okay, you know, if I'm gonna be, you know, if I'm gonna own the most iconic cards of all time, how could I ha- how could the Charizard not be in that collection? Um, it's almost like a missing, a missing piece. So I, I definitely could see at some point buying that card, even though I, I have no, no connection to Pokemon at all. And you see, that's it. That's, that's it at the end right there is that it, it's just amazing how, how a card like that has infiltrated us yeah. sports card people yeah. to the point where both of us, you know, and I do have a Charizard, not the first edition and all that fancy stuff, but I did buy some, uh, without having any connection to it, Joe. But then what I did was I thought, well, hey, I felt I felt like a bit of an imposter. So I went, Joe, and I watched some of the movie. I watched the first movie, one of the movies and the first episodes of the cartoon. Mm-hmm. And I ended up selling them because oh. I'm like, I, I just could not identify with it at all. And I thought, now I do, I say I sold them. I had three of the Charizards, the, the whatever, the, the common one. And I, I'm keep, I'm going to keep one. For the same reason that you want one of the cards, because it's an important card, and it is, it will, there will be nostalgia even for me because I've had episodes about about Pokemon last year, and so there will be some nostalgia. And let's face it, like you said, it's a significant thing. But isn't it funny how guys like us can get sucked into that without having? Like, I never played the game as a kid without having any nostalgia connection to it. it I don't it, know. It's one that, like, if I do you end up buying that it'll just be that one card it'll just be like no no i don't i can't imagine anything else but just having the the one main card i don't know to re- to represent the whole genre right actually, right right, right. like as as um you know this is you're probably going to hate this but this is the only card that i own hockey wise it's it's i i don't own any other hockey cards <laughs> but i had to own the Wayne Gretzky cuz um, you gotta, you gotta own the Wayne Gretzky. He's the greatest of all time. So I'm glad you own at least the Gretzky, you know, and that, 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 I won't say proves my point, but it, it, it kind of lends to something I've always said that is, you know, if you're a serious collector of hall of famers or important cards, important players, and you are willing to go outside of your, you know, your real sweet spot, like for you, baseball, for me, hockey, like I'm willing, like I'm willing to go outside of that because I find them all interesting. But the fact that you have that card just tells me that, you know, you're one of these people who, like me, believes that there are some cards that every collector 
I don't want to say should have because I don't want to tell anyone what they should have. But but I'm not so you know it, there are some cards that any open minded broad thinking collector should have, and that's definitely one of them. So I'm I'm, I'm happy to see that you so have that card. Kind of like um, you know I never understood you know there, there's those PSA um, I forgot what they're called but the, the registries I guess set, set registry set registries where it's like you know it's it's the the 100 greatest cards of all time. It's almost like I have my own PSA registry set registry in my head and it includes certain cards that, you know, like, and if, and if my set registry is in my head is the most iconic cards of all time, like the Wayne Gretzky better be on there and and the Charizard's on there now. And there's certain cards that are just slowly just moving, like whether I want them on that list or not, they're, they're coming onto that list. And if I want to check that box, I got to, I got to get those, I got to get that card. So <laughs> I love that you say that, that you have your own registry because, you know, it comes up often on, on my show in conversation with people that the hobby, there's so many ways to approach it. There's so many ways to collect. There's an infinite really amount of ways to collect it within the hobby. And, you know, what I like about the PSA set registry is that it did allow people to kind of focus on certain themes within like whether it's a team or all-star game or award winners, whatever it is. But the coolest part about the hobby is that we are able to make our own checklist of what's important to us. Right. And you've, you've really kind of formalized that in a way by doing it and documenting your journey. So kudos to you, man. I think that's an amazing approach. And um, I think more people, and it's tough though, because you're an experienced collector. You understand the cards and the hobby. A lot of people don't know where to start. Where to start is is advice like that. Figure out what players are important to you. Find a card of theirs you like and put it on your list and, and go for it. And then decide how many cards you want. Do you want 10 cards or 100 cards or 1,000 or somewhere in between? Make that list and then chase those cards. It, it You know, it, it was hard finding like what exactly my niche was because I, I feel like everyone should have like a purpose to what they're collecting. Like, I think that's why people put sets together. I think that's why people do the PSA set registries, why some people focus on player collecting. Um, I think it is, I I think you get a little bit more enjoyment when you figure out what it is that you want to, because otherwise you're just kind of like, for the longest time, I was sort of all over the place, like just buying cards here and there. And then when I was just like, you know what, you know what I'm really enjoying is, is putting together what I think are the most like what I think are the most iconic cards. And, um, and I've been enjoying kind of feeling like I'm checking off some made up list that's, but I don't want to stick to somebody else's list. It's my, it's, I get to decide the list. Right. And that's the beauty of the hobby, man, is that everybody can decide. But some people, you know, some lists are like, okay, I want, I want every, you know, golden glove winner. I want every, you know, three, uh, 3,000 strikeout pitcher, whatever it may be, you know, 300 win pitcher, whatever, home, 500 home runs. These are all pretty cool quests to embark upon, I would say. Like, but, you know, sure. that's, that's the beauty. Curate your own list. You know, collect curating collections is what we're all doing. And it's kind of nice to put your own kind of personal spin on it versus just following someone else's cookie cutter list. Can I, can I put it, can I see that 48 leaf? Jackie, real quick. Yeah, I have it right here. Yeah, I have it right here. <laughs> oh, wait. So, what is that? That's a near mint uh, X mint six. Oh my. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, I showed it to you just in in. Uh, I showed you the scan the other day, didn't I? Wow. That is okay. All right. I just I just I had this like I think you showed you showed it 
during that last stream and i was like that is insane okay all right thank you thank I'm you yeah no, I, 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 love, I love it man it's like my favorite it's awesome it's awesome it's awesome uh okay so logan fisher wants to know are you wearing a 2014 jeter hat uh it is a jeter hat um yeah so it's got the captain on there um got number two on the side i don't know if it's a 2014 hat might be i think it might be might be it might be canadian cards wants to know what about brian taylor i think it was brian with an e too wasn't it brian with an e yes i i have the uh the gold uh auto um you know he of course he's famously signed a one million dollar contract with the yankees was going to be the next you know at the time, probably Dwight Gooden, they, they compared him, you know, he was throwing a hundred miles an hour and uh, then got into a bar, bar fight that I think his brother started. I think he was actually trying to break up the fight and ended up ruining his shoulder. And, um, you know, and then famously, and, and the interesting thing is um, tops um, made, you, you might remember they made a special gold set and the last card in the set, if you bought the the factory set, was this Brian Taylor gold uh, auto. Um, and it, I think it's one of the first ever Topps licensed autographs, like that was part that was on the card. And um, it, you know, it's it's kind of a forgotten card, but it's I, I ended up having I had to buy it. it. Might actually be in that case back there. Um, but. Uh, like I just love, I love that card because it, it actually is, it's, it's got a lot of history to it. And as a Yankee fan, um, I don't know. I, I think I got it for like 30 bucks. You can get it for real cheap too. Oh, I remember I mean, when his, I remember cool. when his upper deck card was, uh, was like the hottest thing in the right. hobby. Yes. I remember yeah. that very well. That's how I know that his name is spelt Brian with an E instead of an A from <laughs> that, from that card. But talk about, talk about a, you know, a, a prospect that just didn't, didn't go anywhere. I didn't realize it was because, he ruined his shoulder in a bar fight, though. That's yeah. uh, that's just unfortunate. I know, and I, I I don't think I think he was actually trying to break up the fight too. Oh boy, that his brother started. I wonder if he's forgiven yeah. him yet. That's 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 a sad story. Uh, Card Lantern says, "Great to see Silver Jackify OG for sure." Birds on the bat been chasing a full PSA ten run of every Hall of Famer's first tops card from '87 to present. Very fun. That's a cool project right there. 357, born in 1977, collected in the 80s, stopped early 90s, got back in 2019. So I can relate to Joe as far as 90s inserts. So, I mean, that that's my story. You know, I collected from like 1980 until 1994, slowed okay. down. And then in yep. 2000, I got back in and I've been, I've been hardcore ever since. So I took like that second half of the 90s off. And now it's like the, it's like my favorite era of sports cards. And what's cool is that while I don't, remember buying those packs i was buying very sporadically in that second half of the 90s i'm discovering it all now as if i never as if it, it's brand new which has been really cool for me and i started that in about 2018 i'd say so it's pretty cool yeah you got you got a good um i, I always think about how i wish i had gotten back in earlier um it took me a while like i, I got back in around 2010 um so you got back in in 2000 yeah I, I just I always think about like the, the opportunities I missed out on by you know I, I took such a long hiatus, but he, even when I got back in, I was kind of kind of casually in for a little bit. Um, 
I, I, I'm sure everyone has thinks in their head all all the cards they could have gotten, you know, if, if they had gotten earlier. Of course, dude. That's we, all. Yeah. We all do. I mean, I was never out, but I was certainly not, you know, putting together sets and chasing down all the rookie cards. I, I was still in, but I wasn't. I wasn't hardcore like I was for the other, you know, forty years I've been doing, thirty-five years I've been doing this. Uh, Pepino Man says Silver Jackify has a secret double life as an eBay dealer. And again, this comment's about 15 minutes old, so I apologize for that. But let's get through the comments. DR says, I think that's awesome, Joe. I think the Patreon channels and tip jar stuff on YouTube seems awkward. Yeah, no, it does. It does. I've <laughs> been getting I don't I've been getting the tips lately though. Like people are sending you those those super those I don't even know what they're yeah, called. The super chats. The chats, yeah. Yeah. And it's like I'm. I just find it so. Uh, I don't know what the word. It's just like flattering. It's so nice when someone does yeah, that. Yeah, I know it is. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually don't like. I guess I, I the super chat. I might. I might do just for the fun of it. And you can't control it anyway, right? I think if it's on, it's on, and it's uh, something that yeah. just comes. But I, I go always... live like once a year on my channel. So you know, if I turn on super chat and somebody wants to put throw get throw me two bucks. You know, and I'll actually pay attention to it because all the comments are like, I, I, I can't pay attention, but I'll pay attention to a super chat. God, yeah, yeah. DR says, I feel like the Charizard card is a status symbol for the hobby. I think the, the uh, like the original first edition hollow, I think they call it, is definitely a, a status symbol card for the hobby. But there are other versions that are kind of uh, less statusy. I think I think you could say. Oh, boy, we're way behind in the comments as usual. Card Collecting Duo says, I do enjoy watching you accumulate the goats in every sport and even non-sport. So people like watching what you're doing. And it's influential too, right? It gives people yeah. influential, not in, the, in that bad way, but in the positive way of helping other people see more ways to approach things and maybe, you know, borrow an approach and then and then augment it to their own taste. I think that that's totally positive. The, the, only, hobby. the only weird thing is that sometimes like, you know, I'm just showing off my collection and that's what I enjoy. like. I'm just doing what I what I want to do. And <laughs> if people want to watch it, great. Um, and some people like have like said, oh, you're pumping that card because you bought it and it's kind of a weird like i'm not pumping it like I, I i'm just showing you the cards i have so it's just weird like sometimes i do get that feedback which is kind of you know you try not you to like, take that personally but i'm like like i'm not pumping it i'm not pumping a card i'm just I, like i have no intention of selling i like all the cards that i have i like for the most part i have no intention of selling it's sort of the lower end stuff that i've been getting rid of to be honest with you but uh, so somebody made a comment today. They're like, "You were pumping, you know, this one player for so long." I'm like, "I'm. I was just maybe I was talking about him a lot, but it wasn't wasn't like there was no like I wasn't trying to make money out of it." I, I don't know. Anyway. What, but what are you so so you can't you see you and other content creators you can't win if you talk about the cards you have you're yeah. pumping them if you talk about the cards you don't have you're <laughs> pumping them like what what can you yeah. How do you win, right? You just gotta you just gotta tune out uh, the people that don't really understand exactly what's going on in your own head. And every video, every video, I gotta tell everybody that I bought a Greg Bird uh, auto for four hundred bucks. <laughs> 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 they're like, they're like, well, you're not gonna mention Greg Bird? I'm like, Dude, look, it's because I mentioned him like a thousand times. Like, I, I you know, it's a bad <laughs> investment. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I, I thought Greg Bird was gonna be amazing. <laughs> 
Daniel Busby, uh, what's Joe's YouTube channel? Joe's YouTube channel is streaming on the bottom of the screen right now. Silver Jackify, one word. 357 says goat cards. Baseball, you got 52 mantle. Basketball, you got 86 Fleer Jordan. Hockey, you've got the 79 Gretzky. What is it for NFL? Now, I know you're a baseball guy, so you might not have an This is And the NFL is the toughest one. For me, it would have been the Joe Montana rookie for a long time. But now it's probably one of, take your pick of uh, one of the most, I mean, Tom Brady's got several important rookie cards. So take your pick really there. But do you have anything different than this or anything to add, Joe? Uh. Goat baseball cards, 52 Mantle, uh, NHL, Gretzky, NFL. I mean, you got to go Brady in, in the NFL. Yeah, I, I you know, um, I, I got that, uh, the Bowman Chrome uh, PSA 10, um, which I'm glad I bought because it went like crazy. I, I like I bought it right before it went nuts. Um, you know, wish I had the, uh, the, the, the ticket card. Um, that's, I guess, the card to have uh, with that, but. Yeah, no, I mean those those are the four main ones. The uh, the seventy nine Gretzky, yeah, the fifty two Mantle, yep, that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, I, yeah. I guess I'm still laughing at the guy that was, uh, you know, what who who's who? What is Joe's channel's name? Like it says it, like it's scrolling at the bottom the whole time. <laughs> it says subscribe to Joe YouTube Silver Jackify. The name, like name of you clicked into something that says. I'm meeting with Joe Silver Jackify. <laughs> like, you don't know. You don't know at this point. You know, and if, if that was a sarcastic question, then then look who's uh, look at us right now laughing at that because we're the ones. Right, like, you, were, yeah. you were asking me a question. I was just still focused on this guy. Like, what is Joe's channel? We talked about it. Like, anyway. We got rage in the house. Pepino Man has has your auto rookie. That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Oh yes, he does. I, I I made a custom card. So here you go. Here's a question. Criminal Mind wants to know what's your all-time Yankees team one through nine, and who's your starter in a game seven? Your all-time Yankees team one through nine. Oh my goodness. Um, let's see. All right. So I'll go. I'll go. I'll go through it real quick. So I would. I would put. A catcher, uh, let's go Thurman Munson at first base. <laughs> am I going am I going with like the greatest of all time or am I going or or am I going by favorite? You know, like so it'd be Yogi Berra if it's like my like the best, but it might like if I were to put like my favorite team together, um it would be Go Thurman. favorite. Go favorite. All right. Or or maybe I might go I might go Jorge Posada because you know like I didn't I don't didn't really know. All right, I'll go favorite. So Jorge Posada would be at catcher. Uh, Mattingly would obviously be at first. Uh, second base. Oh man, do I put Cano there? I I, I really liked Cano a lot. I'll I'll put Cano there. I, I can't. Nobody else really jumps. At, like whom I could put Pat Kelly at the second. Um, so I'll put Cano there. I, I really like Cano. Uh, shortstop. I'll put uh, Jeter. Third base. Oh man. Uh, I, I, I'm like, I did like a rod a lot. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I liked Wade Boggs. I know he was, he had a very short time with the Yankees, but, um, oh man, third base, I guess I'll go a rod for now. Um, in the outfield, uh, let's see, should I, you know, put like Mel Hall there? <laughs> um, let's see. Well, you gotta have, 
you know, some of the guys, you know, of the core four, you know, uh, Paul O'Neill uh, would have to play right field. Um, Bernie Williams in center, probably. Um, let's see, who else? Uh, Jacoby Ellsbury, maybe. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Not Jacoby Ellsbury. <laughs> um, so that, I don't know. That, that, like, th- those are some of the guys that, that come to mind. I, I don't know. That's, that's pretty much. Uh, Pitcher, game seven. What's that? Who, who am I, who am I throwing out there pitcher wise? Clemens. Um, I, I love, I'm a huge David Wells guy. Um, I, I was, a, he's one of my uh, favorite players of all time. Oh, I got to throw Aaron judge out there. I, I love Aaron judge. So I, that, that'll be my outfield. It'll be, uh, you know, one of them is going to have to play out of position. We'll go, yeah. we'll go Aaron judge, Bernie and um, Paul O'Neill uh, in the outfield. Um, and you know, if we're talking about my favorite pitcher of all time, I'll have to go to David Wells. I, I went, I was at his perfect game. Um, my dad and I were at his perfect game and it was like one of the greatest memories for me of all time. And it was, so that, that's why he, he's, he's all the way back there. I guess, he, I don't know if you can see it all the way back there, but that, those are the two, we had four tickets, two tickets that we didn't use. Cause my, my dad and I just went and those are the two unused tickets uh, and I met David Wells. He signed um, those tickets. And uh, I remember I met him and he's like, he's like, what are you, Paul O'Neill's cousin? Because I guess he thought I looked like Paul O'Neill on some level. <laughs> uh, and Paul, he actually said, are you Paulie's cousin? And Paul O'Neill was like sitting in like the booth next to him. So, um, so yeah, I'd have to go to David Wells as my, as my starter. Easy, man. That, that, that's how you make those decisions. What's important yeah. to you for sure. For sure. Okay. Let's keep going here. Uh, Angie says, uh, Joe, plain and simple, is one of my top YouTubers and seems like a great guy. I think there's a lot of people that feel that way, actually. Uh, Karen Verma says, uh, great show. Love it from Australia. Worth investing into Willie Mays. I- I'm going to go with yes. Absolutely. Hard Absolutely. yes on that. Easy oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. It, like, it, and, you know, people talk about it all the time about like Mickey Mantle's cards being more expensive than Willie Mays. Um, you know, every time I'm, I'm at a show, I'm looking at Willie Mays. Um, I bought a Roberto Clemente recently. I think, I actually think he's undervalued just because of his impact to the game and, you know, Willie Mays, Jackie Robinson, all those guys that, you know, the impact that they had, uh, to the game, um, they're going to, they're the, they, they will live on forever. There's certain guys that, you know, will just get lost, you know, as time goes on, but Willie Mays, Roberto Clemente, Hank Aaron, uh, Mickey Mantle, um, you know, all the, all those big names, like people will remember them forever. So, um, so, you know, you know, Joe, this ties in because Skeppy has this question right here. He says, how do you determine what is, what is iconic to you in terms of your collection? So talk about that for a couple minutes. I think it's a really good question. Yeah, that, that's a tough question to answer um, because everyone has their own definition of, you know, what is iconic, uh, you know, one of the, this is going to be a stri- very strange way to answer that question. But um, I, so I get this magazine every month. And one of the things that I do is I look, I look at what, um, what, what's being advertised I, every, every month I go, okay, well, what is, what are some of the cards that people are, um, you know, talking about, you know, and, and showing, you know, are featuring, like if somebody wants to sell their, uh, you know, their, you know, whatever the hell they're trying to sell. What are, what are they showing on here? Okay, here they're showing a Gretzky 
a Bobby Orr and a Connor McDavid. So I, I like I, I kind of put that in my head, and I you know I over time I'm like okay I I, I make note of that okay you know but it's it's that it's you know I, I spend a lot of time on blowout message boards. I, I see what people are talking about there. Um, I, I look at eBay, you know, uh, most watched uh, listings. I think that PWCC auction that you just uh, showed is a great way to get a sense for what people are, are thinking is is iconic. So I, I try to get a, a sense of like where the hobby's going by just like watching, like watching, you know, uh, magazine, looking at what's being advertised in magazines what's being uh, advertised, you know, what are the most watched cards on eBay? Yeah. What are the, the PWCC auctions? What are the cards that are going for millions of dollars? You know, and of course I can't afford that stuff, but like, you know, maybe, you know, I look at maybe a lower grade of that card or, uh, you know, the, 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 the second year card of that guy. So uh, anyway, that's sort of kind of a weird answer to that question, but it's, it's kind of impossible to define, but that's how I do it. I just, I just, pay attention. I, 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 I'm always trying to learn, you know, always the, the blow. I'm a huge fan of blowout because the, the people on there are incredibly, uh, you know, smart and they, and they do tons of research. You can learn a lot from those message boards and then watching other YouTube channels. Like what, are, what are they talking about? So I learn a lot from other YouTubers. So very cool. Angie says, are you, are, are you a Rangers fan? Now we know you you only have a Gretzky rookie as far as hockey cards go, but curious, are you a are you a Rangers fan or an Islanders fan or? Um, I guess I'm more of a Devils fan. I uh, you know grew up in New Jersey, so and and we're like the only team left that's willing to say that they're from New Jersey. <laughs> like the Giants and Jets, even though they play in New Jersey, are not like they're still the New York giant and then the the we used to have the new jersey nets but they're like ah, well, let's get out of new jersey they moved to brooklyn so um I, you know in terms of hockey i gotta i gotta go with the with the only uh team left of the four major sports uh you know that's still in new jersey the new jersey devils nice oh that's i like that answer b think stay healthy says i love brady rookies but every collector should have a joe montana rookie card that's one i agree with like that's another that's one of those cards that card was the football card to own for 20 years yeah Literally. i have that here somewhere I, I i pull oh here it is there's the there's the montana i actually um bought this about a year ago uh ungraded and it came back as an eight which i was pretty happy about i think i and i the the crazy thing with these um you know with the, the market is I, I think i bought that card for like a hundred bucks um, and it, you know, coming back as a PSA eight, uh, is pretty awesome, but I, I do love this card. This is a, this is a an it's awesome great. iconic card. Um, so great card. Add it. So here we go. A response to the early question that we were laughing about. Yeah, Joe, that was me that asked about your channel. Glad I could give you a laugh. I laughed at myself after I saw it going across the screen. <laughs> I subscribed to your channel. It's going to be fun asking you. There should be like a big banner, like Silver Jackify, like, so where, who's this guy? <laughs> Terry, here, Terry Fortune says, no love for Dave Winfield. Oh, yeah. You know, well, it, Dave um, Winfield was um, weird, oddly enough. Um, I don't know. Like um, he was like a little bit, I was a little young for him, I I guess. I don't know what it was. Like when did he stop playing for the Yankees? I like, I I know he was playing in 87. Like, I guess I, I guess I was 
um, old enough to, to see him play. I don't know. I, I, I get. I was a big Don Mattingly fan. I guess is the way to explain it. I like. I love Mattingly. I know Mattingly and Winfield went. You know, uh, battled it out for um, the batting title in in 1985. Um, and so maybe that was part of it. Maybe I was just like such a Donnie baseball fan that I was just like, well, screw Winfield, trying to take that title away from Mattingly. So who knows. I like Winfield because he played for the Blue Jays and he was there for one, if not both of those championships in the early nineties. So he, uh, he, he, uh, became a, I have, his, I like his rookie card. I have that card. I think I did, in a yeah. PSD, I, I bought an eight. a rookie about a, about a year ago. You got one. Yeah. Yeah. I think I got it in like an eight or a nine or something like that. I got like a real high grade Winfield rookie here. Jahan wants to know what basketball cards do you have in your collection? I, I, not much, you know, like it's, it, um, I think you were, you were talking, uh, one thing that I thought was interesting, you were doing that PWCC auction and, um, you kept talking about the star, um, but you didn't mention this card, the, the eight, Nike uh, promo, 85, uh, Nike promo. What do you think about this card? Um, well, so. I'm, I only have a few oversized cards like that in my collection, like cards that need big slabs like that, like the Joe Namath rookie, the Lou Alcindor rookie. You know, those cards, I'm not a big fan of oversized card. Yeah, that one there. I love that card. Yeah, it's a really cool card. But I'm not a huge fan of oversized cards. So to me, I don't, I mean, to be honest, I don't love it. I don't love the aesthetics of it. I don't, I don't, to me, it's like, you know, the 86 Fleer is the, is what the hobby just kind of accepts as the rookie. You've got the Star 101 as the, the XRC that a lot of people think is a rookie. And then you've got that one that you just showed. But, you know, I don't really have that. I don't know much about it. Um, I've talked about it a little bit, and I have an understanding of how it was distributed, although I've heard a couple different stories on that. But from your perspective, what, why is it iconic, and why is it in your collection? The the, the star? No, the, the Nike promo that you just showed. Why, why is it? What do you mean? Sorry. It is in my collection. It's right here. Yeah, so so you it's icon. Is it like is it a card that's iconic to you? Ooh, uh, is it iconic? Um, no, I, I guess not yet, but it's getting there. I mean, like it's you know the um, I know the star and the Nike are getting there. It, it's um, and you know Jordan's Jordan's the goat of basketball, and similar to you know the fifty two mantle, it's. You know, the 51 Bowman Mantle is, 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 has become an iconic card. You know, for a while, it's just the 52 Mantle. I, I think, you know, the 86 Fleer is not enough for Jordan. Jordan is just so, like, he is a bigger, uh, a bigger star than anybody that I can think of. Uh, so it's not enough to just have the 86 Fleer as the, you know, as an iconic card. The, I know a lot of people are, you know, been talking about the 85 Star, the 85 Nike promo looking at the 87 cards um, as well. So, um, but I don't think they're there yet, but, um, you know, I think they're going to get there eventually. So you might as well pick them up now if you can afford it. Yeah, it's it's a cool piece. It's a cool it's a cool piece. But I'm, for me, again, I'm, I like the standard size for most cards. So if there's an alternate, like there's a Gretzky sportscaster, it's a big thing. It's like this big. And to me, yeah. I'll just stick with the, with a nice compact rookie card, but cool card, cool piece. Uh, Angie wants to know what YouTube channels does Joe like to watch 
And uh, if you want to share, what do you think of Elite Co. 3? <laughs> now, now, this might be Elite Co. 3. You know, we don't, we don't know. But Angie's been around for a while, but for all I know, Angie's actually Elite Co. 3. <laughs> he logged in as uh, Angie. <laughs> uh, no, I, I think uh, Elite Co. is uh, he, he's definitely one of the – I only watch like like – the problem is, I don't, I don't know if you face the same problem, Jeremy, but it's like, it's hard, you know, you know, full-time job, two kids, you know, if, if I have any free time, um, you know, I try to dedicate it to making a vi- like one or two videos per week if I can get to it. So, um, but the, you know, the Aliko is, is definitely one of, one of the guys, um, you know, uh, Mike, who I, I see is on here, um, you know, the two of us, uh, a lot of the guys that Jeremy that you that you mentioned in that picture that we took at the national, you could, th- those are pretty much the guys that I watch. I, I, right. I pretty much stick to if, if you if you were to somehow take that picture and then and then say, Joe, what do you watch? I'd be like, yeah, those guys that are <laughs> for the most part in in that picture. Those are the guys that um, I'm closest with. Um, in Alico three is one of those guys. Um, and so, you know, those are the guys I like, if, if I can find the time to watch, I, I, I try to watch, watch those guys. Uh, there's, it's been interesting that, you know, with the, you know, um, baseball, you know, with the sports card market taking off the way it has, um, it's been interesting to see, like, there's a lot uh, of really, really good content that's being created, um, that, you know, wasn't there before. Like that's re- like, like at another level. But that's why I'm like surprised that anyone still watches my channel because there's like now there's like channels like that are uh, come that are sprouting up where it's like professional content. Um, And it's hard. It's hard. You know, I'm just doing my my thing in my basement, you know, showing on on my iPhone. And I'm like, uh, I'm surprised that people still watch it because there's there's some really good content that's sprung up over the last year. But the, the channels I watch are, are generally, you know, the, like if, if we could pull up that picture, it would be all those guys in, in that, you know, those 30 to 40 YouTubers that, that I meet with at the national that I'm closer with. Yeah, no, I, I hear that, man. There's, there's, there's lots of content out there. You got You got to be picky with your time now, especially with the family and a career and all that. And obviously, so I just flashed that uh, uh, Mike, baseball collector, asked me to tell Joe that he loves you. So, Joe, Mike loves you. He also feels that you are the greatest in the hobby. So some, <laughs> some really high praise coming from Mike. Good evening to you, Mike. Yes. Uh, Pepino Man, though, throws it back Mike's way and says, says, baseball collector Mike is iconic. So that means that you need a Mike baseball card collector card in your iconic card collection. Yeah. yeah. What, what I love about, you know, some of these guys is like, like kind of they're, they're ball breakers, you know, they're like, you know, Joe's the greatest. <laughs> like I'm definitely not, and so. Um, but you know, it, here's my uh, first ballot Hall of Famer on the YouTube Hall of Fame. What is that? Uh, <laughs> no, okay, okay. I, I don't want to spark any controversy. We'll we'll end up talking. Uh, <laughs> Here, let's go to this question. Dr says, "Do you consider the Trout rookie card to be iconic?" Yes. Absolutely. The 2011 Tops Update Trout um, is definitely iconic. Yes. So um, I have that somewhere. The dime. I have the diamond anniversary, which I think is a really cool card. I am. I am a little concerned about trout, but um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think it's going to matter at this point. It, it, like his cards became so huge 
during this sports card boom that people will always want it now. Um, so I, I don't think it's the, the, I, I could see short term his cards. And I think you might've seen that at the PWCC auction that just went off. Some of his cards are going to come down short term, but I think long term, long term, I'm not that worried about it, but you know, the injuries scare, like his talent is, is uh, you know, off the charts. Like he was on an MVP Tra- trajectory earlier in the year, but um, the the injuries do scare me because he's he hasn't played much over the last two years. So, but I, I think regardless, that 2011 tops update card is is iconic. I I, I would agree. Yeah, I, you know, it's like the it's different, but it's similar to even the Griffey upper deck rookie. You know, they're kind of cards that are very very. Uh, they're out there. There's no shortage of them. A lot of people have them, and they're they're important to a lot of people that collect modern, iconic cards. Uh, to me, it is. Is to me, it is as well. I want to go to this comment by uh, F Chiz says. So, Jeremy, uh, does that mean if you walk by a table at a show and the Nike promo was being sold for pennies on the dollar, you would keep walking? No, it doesn't. F Chiz. I mean, who's going to turn down a deal like that? Of course, pennies on the dollar. I'll buy anything for pennies on the dollar if I can. Nike promos. The- 50 cents <laughs> <laughs> no it certainly does not mean that f chiz but there's another comment here uh chew down says it's definitely we're talking about the the nike jordan that you showed it says it's definitely iconic due to the history with nike and the cultural shift it caused in that industry every air jordan came with its own card and the card is basically the first the first what the card is basically that, the first. Oh, that's interesting that was part of the reason why i bought that card because i was like I was like, you know, because people are so like love Nike and Air Jordans, and it's it's almost like bringing like two huge uh, hobbies together. That card, you know, because it's and, and not to mention it's it's the it's 1985, um, which is considered to be Jordan's. You know, some people are considering that to be his rookie year, um, and you know, and the fact that it's it's also t- like it has a Nike connection. That's why you know. I, I about a year ago I, I had wanted to get the PSA 10 and it, it like while I was trying to get that card it just took off and I had to settle for the PSA 9 but uh it's a good still point pretty cool yeah still pretty cool chew down okay he says it's the first card to be paired with a sneaker so that's pretty cool to me yeah. I like I think that is cool and it's that's the kind of that's the kind of um, knowledge of you know to 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 tie to the card that makes that intriguing to me i do have a small stack of oversized cards and um you know maybe that's one that could eventually make its way into my collection because of something as cool as that i, I like first i think that's a neat thing that pepino wants to know does joe own a pepino booklet auto um i own where is it i own his like some this right here pepino yeah, I think it. I think it's um, you know, from one of his sneakers. It's kind it's of insert. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of gross. It's a Doctor Scholl's. <laughs> <laughs> who knows where this leather has been? <laughs> yeah, no, and, and who wants to? Yeah. So here, Mike I'm says so that glad the is covering it, like, because if I touch, I think if I touch, don't touch it. Don't don't touch it, Joe. Don't touch it. You might you. Have, I was gonna, and I won't say that. Don't touch it. Uh, baseball collector Mike says Trout could retire tomorrow and be a Hall of Famer. And to me, that that right there is 
you know, you, and then you take the most, the most sort of the, the common card, the, 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 the commodity card of that player, it becomes iconic at that point, especially if, if he's already kind of, you know, punched his ticket to the hall of fame. Yeah. He, uh, he's been like considered to be the best player in baseball for a very long time now. Like nobody's knocked him off. He's, he's pretty close to getting knocked off that perch, but he's been like, just generally speaking, like it's been a while since somebody else has been considered the best player in baseball. And that's, you know, that um, is what kind of leads to the, that card being iconic is, is because he's considered to be the best. Yeah. And that, you know, that, that's been the narrative for several years now too. So it's not like, it's not like it's a new thing. And, and as Mike says, you know, he's already gonna, he's already in the hall of fame for all intents and purposes and that's that makes that card very, you know, very important because of all the Hall of Fame collectors. What's so funny? Sorry, I thought I saw you laughing there. Let me let, let's let's go to this for a second, Joe. Um, grading, card grading. So some people like their cards graded, some don't. How do you approach grading for your personal collection? So I, you know. I was kind of against it in, in the beginning. Um, and then I got kind of addicted to the process of, you know, looking at some of my cards and like seeing what I think is, is gradable and, um, you know, been sending, uh, you know, I, I generally stick to the three main companies, PSA, SGC and, uh, Beckett, um, mainly PSA, um, but I, I I do I do like grading. I, I actually do think that they are good for the hobby. Um, it makes things so much easier, you know, in terms of like, you know, especially if you're buying online, um, you know, because I've I've been burned a couple of times where I bought cards that were ungraded, uh, only to find, you know, when you see them and there's been a cases where I've seen them in hand, like after I bought them online, and then I immediately like you see something that you didn't see on, you know, based on the scans. Um, and then I had to send it back. Um, I've had situations where I didn't see the the problem with the card, sent it off to grading, and then they they were like, "Oh, this is a trimmed card." And then I look at it again, and I'm like, "Oh, you know, I didn't see that at first. So I actually like I know a lot. It kind of gets a bad rap sometimes, but I, I do like um, it. Brings you a little bit of more. I, I know it's not perfect. Um, and, and I think a lot of people expect that grading to be perfect. Um, and it, you know, until, until it's done a hundred percent by technology, it never will be. It's, it's done by, you know, the human eye. Um, but I, I still feel like it's, it's better than, you know, when it, you know, eBay, when it, uh, if you look back, you know, 15, 20 years ago and every, nothing was graded and, and you know, you, you, you couldn't really tell the difference between like a, a mint card versus a near mint card. And, you know, it, it has in certain cases gotten a little crazy. Like the, the idea of certain cards, like it'll be like a 10 versus a PSA nine, you know, literally going for like tens of thousands of, you know, of dollars in terms of difference. I think you were mentioning this earlier with the Mickey Mantle, the 52 Mantle, um, you know, two cards, one card that was graded lower that that you would rather have um so i think but i i, I like i i kind of still like that that you you know you could still as as a buyer say okay you know this one was graded as a three this one's a two 
but I like the two better. So I'm, I'm willing to pay more for the two or, or whatever. That's still up to you. I, I still think it's, it has a place in the hobby. So, yeah. So, so, and I agree. That was the case with those Mickey, the 52 drops Mickey mantles tonight on the yeah. PWCC premier auction. There was a two and a half in the three and the two and a half was, was clearly a, a nicer card just from, you know, from the scan, from my appeal. So I would have paid more. And I think it ended up selling for more than the three. I have to go back and, and confirm that. But last last I saw, it did. It should. It should. It, yeah, for it sure it should. For sure it should. Especially for vintage, you know, because, um, you know, I, it's it's – and I've been preaching this to my subscribers, like, buy the card, not the grade, especially when it comes to vintage cards because I, there's too many people that end up, you know, paying the same amount. Like, they, they think that all – you know, like if it's a PSA five that they, that that's the comp, like they, they shouldn't base it. Like look at the card. If it's something like one of some, some of my biggest regrets um, that I've made um, are cards that I bought because they were cheap for the grade and I ended up buying them and then I get them and I'm like, nah. like I have a, I have a Willie Mays rookie. I think you mentioned that earlier. It's one of my least favorite cards in my collection. Cause it's, it's way off center. I can't, I don't like it. <laughs> um, it's way off center. And I, I bought it because I got a good price for it. Um, and it's, I don't know. I, I just, it doesn't, I thought about selling it because I just don't like the way it looks. If I can find it. Oh, here I'd love it. to see it. Here it is. It's not too bad. It's just, you know, it's a, um, it's a PSA three. Um, it's off center. Top to bottom, it's not too bad, I guess. It's not too bad. The centering's yeah. not too bad. It doesn't have that line going down the middle right, of it. Right, right. Anyway, I'm I'm pretty picky when it comes to uh, eye appeal. Like I expect like every card to uh, look like this uh, Pee Wee Reese that I picked up at the national. Um, here's the the Pee Wee Reese that I picked up at the national. Um, quick, quick shout out! Quick shout out, Joe to Dexflow. We were talking about um, super chats and that. So thank you to Dexflow for. Uh, and that's a nice call, calling you the best, one of the best guests. So uh, there you go, Joe. And thank you again, Dex. Appreciate that very Thanks. much. Jeremy, I'll, I'll uh, be expecting that $5 later. <laughs> <laughs> the check's in the mail. The check's yeah. in the mail. So you, ta- you told us what, that, that what was one of your least favorite cards in your collection, being that what I thought was a pretty darn nice Willie Mays, but... but- <laughs> But your buddy Parlay J has an, you have one of two things you can do here. You can either tell us what your favorite card in your collection is, or you can play us a tune on that guitar in the background. <laughs> it's actually totally out of tune. Oh, actually, that brings up my uh, gives me an opportunity to talk about um, what we oh, about, Jeremy. Big news, guys! Big news dropping right now. Put down whatever you're doing and listen up. Joe's got an announcement. So um, you guys may have heard the the song that I play uh, in some in some of my videos. Nobody knows what I'm talking about, but uh, there's a song that I play in every one of my videos. Um, uh, and uh, people have asked me, like, you know, where, you know, what is that song? And it's like a song that I did as a, you know, when I was younger in high school. And um, I, I recently found out you could, like, I was in a band growing up, and there was no way to like, I have my songs on a CD. And there was no way to like distribute it. But now with technology, you could distribute like we, we spent a bunch of money at a studio recording these songs, putting it on a CD. And I used to hand it out to people. But now with technology, um, I was able to kind of, you know, put put the album 
together uh, on a, a, a distributor website called TuneCore. They, they're going to put it on iTunes and Spotify and all these different, I don't know, I thought it was cool. And uh, my album uh, from my, my high school band is going to, our, our album's going to drop on November 1st. So you'll be able to, uh, if you want to check out my, my album uh, that I uh, put together when I was in high school, uh, you can go to, uh, go beginning November 1st, I'm sorry, October 1st, October 1st, not November 1st. You'll be able to put in The Peak, which is the name of name of my band, and you can download my music <laughs> on like iTunes and Spotify. It'll be on all the um, – so anyway, check it out. If you, if so, you so, Joe, I got to ask you, with, with the, the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars you're going to make from your album, what cards are you going to start to buy? <laughs> um, Hopefully I can afford a, a 87 tops Cal Daniels with all the money I'm going to be making off that. Okay. I want to go to, here's, I like this question from DR. He says, Joe, what's the one thing that has surprised you about the hobby or your relationship with the hobby over the last few years? Oh, and I mentioned it earlier. It, like um, it has to be the, um, the community, the, um, I'm I'm blown away that like I thought this hobby was dead. I I have to be honest. I don't know if you guys thought this way. I thought this hobby was dead. I, I, like there was seven years ago, um, I I got back and really started getting back into collecting, and there was nobody to share it with. I I was trying to tell people about it. Nobody gave a you know they were like okay whatever, and um and I put a video on YouTube, you know hoping that. Like it was like a, it was almost like a, a hail mary. Like, well, maybe somebody will be interested in this. And the fact that there's how many, I, I don't even know how many people are watching this, but I know, I know, uh, Jeremy, you had almost like 200 people watching that PW. Like, I think it's so awesome that there's so many people that are into this. That young people, like, I, I'm blown away that there's actually young people getting back into the hobby again. Um, I, like, I don't think, I don't think everyone really appreciates how much this hobby has turned over the last 10 years from like nobody caring. Uh, I remember going to the national like five years ago, it, it, like not even that long ago. And it was like me and a bunch of old people uh, like, you know, it's just like you looked around and you're like, this is so sad. Like, you know, nobody's doing this anymore. And then like going to Chicago last year, like I was like so giddy because there was so many like kids and like, everybody was into it. And I was just like, this is so cool. Like, I'm, I'm so happy that, you know, I, I realize that prices are higher now. Um, so I, I understand that I get that part, part of it, but, um, but I just think it's awesome. I, like, I, like, I love that all these, like, look at all these people like that are on with, on with us, like, you know, participating in this, in this live chat at right now it's one 30 in the morning. <laughs> in new jersey and all these people are like you know uh and i'm sitting here in my basement talking about baseball cards it's 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 such a great hobby that it that brings people together now and and the technology certainly helps to facilitate that i mean without social media youtube's come a long way like without live stream software the ability to do this as simply as we do now like it, it really helps to facilitate this and I, it came up in a recent discussion I had where the, the reason, I forget what show it was, who it was with, but there, this was someone of, might have been like even, um, oh, I can't remember who it was, but they made the comment that the hobby will remain healthy 
because of social media. Like that's one of the key reasons yeah. why it's going to remain healthy. You know, and even though you're only on one platform, you're only a YouTube guy, you're not on Instagram or Twitter, yeah. or really Facebook. So it's funny because YouTube is now it's it's kind of um, kind of seen as like an older kind of like I, I guess I better I don't know do I need to like look into like you know some of the other cooler apps before I you know <laughs> well I mean it depends what you want to do I, I'm a I spend a lot of time on Instagram I enjoy it it's it's a it's a fun platform and it's there's a community there too so. But yeah. you know what? You got to you got to pick your spots, man. You know, life is busy too, right? But yep. we got to go to this next question because it's really important. Um, and I'm not sure really. I, I just want to make sure that we 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 consider this. But Pepino wants to know to Joe. You know, is it tough being a YouTube sex symbol? Like, how do you manage that with everything else you have going on? <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's tough. You know, like every day. Um, you know, so many. You know. Uh, Men and women just trying to, uh, you know, talk to me. I don't know. <laughs> uh, luckily, I'm uh, I'm married, so I don't have to uh, deal with. You know, it's a real simple. You know, I just tell people, "I'm oh, sorry, I'm married. I can't." Uh, sorry, Pepino. You know, as you know, that that way, I don't have to break his heart. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, at least we know that Pepino feels that you are a sex symbol, and that is a uh, very. <laughs> Uh, very flattering for sure. Jahan has a question for you, Joe. Do you have a Roberto Clemente 65 tops number 300? He's found this very hard to find over the last couple of years. So 65 tops. Um, is that his last card? Like what's the significance of the 65 tops card? I, I, I don't know. I, I, well, we'll see if he, I he says could be 66. So I'm not sure what the significance is, but Jahan, if you want to provide some context around your question, we'll be happy yeah. to give it some more uh, time there for sure. Three five seven thinks you need a beer though, which is an interesting. I'm assuming he's talking about Clemente's last card. I, I don't own it, and it, it's one of my uh, like it's right up there as one of the top cards that I want to get. Very cool, very cool. Uh, Alf lets me know that he pulled a Matthews. That's an Austin Matthews jambalaya tonight in a blaster in blaster two of twenty. Well, that's a nice hit. Congratulations. A Matthews, what like what is that? What's a Matthews jambalaya? It's <laughs> <laughs> jambalayas are very, uh, very. I will say, like uh, sought after uh, inserts in Fleer's Met- Fleer and Skybox Metal Universe and Hockey uh, Upper Deck just put out Skybox Metal Universe and Hockey like last week. Okay. And so Austin Matthews is one of the top players in the NHL, and um, that's pretty pretty big hit. That's a uh, that's. Likely a th- over a thousand dollar card right now for a card that just came out. Nice, congratulations, yeah. Alf. Clemente's last card is nineteen seventy three three five seven triple V. Both let us know. B think stay healthy. Says TikTok can help with upping your YouTube. Not gonna lie, TikTok is gnarly. I haven't gotten into TikTok, but yeah, definitely hearing a lot about it. Oh, Joe, come on, you do TikTok, right? I don't, I don't do TikTok, but I, I like, um, I have started to like, it, it, it's very addicting. Don't get involved in TikTok. It, it, like, it, it's, it's a weird app. Like it just, it, like if you, it starts to like understand your interests and, and then it, it, it's, it, it's, and then you get sucked into it. So I, I would avoid it. If, especially if you're a short attention span, it's a great app for people that with short attention span. Okay. Because they're real videos and boom, 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 boom. Next video, next one. Is there a lot of sports card content? 
There is, there is a lot. Like it's already like it knows that I like sports card contact content, so it starts. It's recommending that stuff to me. So, um, yeah. Okay. Okay. Good to know. There, there's some interesting stuff there too. Three five seven. Uh, Alexi Lafreniere is. We don't know yet if he's a real deal, but I, I think I think he is. I hear he is, but time will tell. We had one one year, and it wasn't the greatest, but it was also a pretty strange year with COVID and everything. No way, he's not the real deal. Not the real deal. Joe says no. Joe says no. So I want to talk about grading again, Joe, because we talked about it. But what I find interesting with some collectors is that some you can look at somebody's box of cards, and they're going to have, you know just a mishmash of cards by different grading companies. You said before that you generally stick with the top three or like the, I call them like the, the main, the incumbent sort of thing. Are you, do you, do you prefer one over the other? Like, do you submit to all three? Do you, do you like your eBay safe searches, for example, are they like, cause I know mine will be like, oftentimes I'll have PSA in the safe search. Do you have any safe searches like that where you only search for PSA or BGS or SGC? Yeah, it's mainly PSA. It's mainly, it's, you know, so I don't, I sometimes I'll, I'll, I really do like SGC for vintage. I'm a big fan of, I really like their, their slab a lot uh, for vintage. Um, So I will sometimes look for like actually seek out SGC for vintage. And I actually think you can get some really good deals on SGC vintage cards um, and I, you know, so I, I highly recommend that, it, especially like the, the earlier, like if you start going to the T206 cards, um, I think SGC is the way to go. Um, but you know, when it comes to, you know, you start to get into the modern stuff, I, I used to be into Beckett, but I, I don't know, I, there's something about the simplicity of PSA that, um, has stuck with me. Um, Beckett just kind of gets confusing for me. I think sometimes with like, the, you know, there's like, there's like nine and a half gem mint, but then there's like true gem mint and there's like, you know, based on the subgrades and then there's the black label. And, and I don't really, I don't like how they change the slab. Like when you get into like nines, like it's no longer gold, it's like silver and it makes it like, look like it's not as like as important because it's, you know, it's a nine. Like, so um, I, I, I do feel like I need to get a black label at some point though, with that being said. I feel like everyone needs to own like like even if it's just like some some random guy like a Brian Taylor black label. <laughs> I feel like I have to own a, a black label at some point. I've never owned a black label. Have you ever owned one? No, I'd, I'd never owned one. No. Me neither. Me neither. Let's. Uh, so for anyone who's sort of one of my subscribers or audience that isn't isn't already watching you. Tell us, because you've had some cool videos where you've had your dad on the show. I know they've been really popular videos for you. Tell us a little bit about about, your, about those episodes and like, uh, you know, involving your dad in your channel. And and I, I ask because, you know, it's just cool. And this I don't want this to sound like cheesy or anything like that, but I'm genuinely curious, like getting having your father come on your on a YouTube video with you. Has that done anything for your relationship with him and i have no idea what your relationship is like with your dad but speak um, about that if you can so not real like um we're really close like we're um you know we talk about baseball pretty much every day um you know he he, he actually was an indians fan uh growing up uh, i know they're not the indians anymore <laughs> 
But what are they uh, called now? Do they have a new name yet? What is it? Be the Guardians. Oh, right. I remember seeing that. Yeah. Which I actually I like it because the last several letters are the same letters. So they only had to change like the first four letters there. That's a good point. I never thought about that. But um, yeah, so so we, you know, we've always connected uh, on uh, about baseball. Um, and so it's just a, it just was another thing that we did, um, you know, connected to baseball. And, and if you've watched the video, you could see that he um, he I think what's what fascinated so many people is like he has a knowledge that um, very, that's very unique. You know, like his he has memories of, you know, seeing um, the shot heard around the world. And seeing Mickey Mantle and, you know, like I, I've never saw any of these players play, but he has, you know, and, and he's one of those guys too, where he um, used like still to this day, will walk up to anybody. Um, he's met so many players. Like, I, I, I don't know about you, but I have a weird thing where I, like, I'm, I don't want to bother celebrities. Um, you know, if, if they are, you know, eating dinner my dad would just like, if he sees a celebrity, he just walks right over to him. And he's just like, like I have a uh, DiMaggio's autograph. Cause he went, o- went over to DiMaggio while he was eating at this restaurant, asked him to sign the autograph. Um, the thing got smeared. And then like uh, 30 minutes later, he saw that it was smeared and he went over to DiMaggio again. And he's like, can I get <laughs> another autograph? Cause it was, you know, so, you know, I, I know he's met George Steinbrenner in the elevator. You know, he's met uh, Joe Namath at a bar and asked him, you know, you know, asked him about the, the women he was dating. So he's got some really cool stories that I'm like, I got to get you on this. Like, you know, I, like he doesn't even know what I'm doing. Like I, I talk about like I'm on the YouTube and he's like, well, YouTube, like what is YouTube? Like, what are you doing? You know, and I, like I remember as a kid, he didn't know how to use, you know, how to turn on the VCR. So it's like. You know, he he barely knows. Like I, sh- I had to show him how he, he could go onto eBay and and you know buy a fifty two tops card. Um, so like I, I don't think I don't think like you know the two of us being on YouTube together. Like I don't think he totally understands like what we did. Like he just he was like yeah sure I'll do this with you and uh, <laughs> you know and I'll um, and I'm like Dad we have like forty thousand views and everyone I talk to they're like they don't even want to meet me they want to meet you. Like I met so many people at the national, like, is, where's your dad? I'm like, I'm sorry, my dad's not here. Um, so, uh, yes, but, but yeah, I mean, like, it's just, it was like another cool bonding experience, but it's not like, you know, we, we've connect, we've always connected on, you know, baseball and, you know, the history of the game and all that stuff. So. That's cool. Yeah. You, you mentioned to me that you, you know, you've got a lot of subscribers on YouTube. You've had a couple of videos sort of go viral. Um, what, uh, what, what about them caused them to go viral? So they, you know, um, and when, when I say, when I, when I said hobby that, viral, hobby yeah, viral, like, right? Our version of viral, like yeah. 50,000, 40,000 views, like in, in our little niche, that's a lot, I, I think. Um, and I, and especially, you know, again, me doing this in the, in my basement with my iPhone, the fact that, it, you know, somebody would watch fit like 50,000 views for that. Um, you know, I think, um, a big part of it, of course, is is the title sometimes like, you know, you got to grab them with something that's one of the one, like my, right now. My most popular video was a video I did of the top 10 error cards of all time. So I've always been like I've grabbed people's attention with like top 10 kind of things. And I, I feel like I do a, a decent amount of research. Like like I don't just like when I did that top 10 error cards 
I didn't just like turn on my camera and just start, you know, rattling off 10 error cards. Like I put some like, like research into what, you know, looking on message boards and, you know, putting together what, you know, based on my opinion, what I thought the top 10 error cards of all time were. And, um, and for whatever, you know, and I've done similar things like that. You, 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 you put up a, a catchy, you know, question or, you know, a phrase and, and people, gravitate towards that so I, I think that's probably you know what what caused it and then and then if you put out like like a decent you know quality content you know it, it youtube will start recommending it to other people and so i think that's what happened all right good good advice good advice yeah um angie i'm just noticing the comments here angie says uh she wants to ask me a favor try to get more people like joe on my show <laughs> 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 yeah, good we'll, luck with that. We'll do, Angie. We'll, <laughs> or, or are you Elite Co. Three? We'll do. Oh, we'll do. Right. Hey, because I, I did, I did uh, say nice things about Elite Co. Three, so he might be just like, you know, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I noticed this comment. Tyler says, "Joe, shh, don't be telling people about the deals on SGC cards." <laughs> yep, he knows. He knows. Pepino made a comment here. He said. uh my dad would disown me if he saw my YouTube channel. <laughs> Probably would. <laughs> I'm, I'm surprised you still you haven't been banned from YouTube. <laughs> Mercer85 says, Joe, thoughts on Soto? Oh, yeah. You know, um, he's had a, a real – like, so he started off slow and he had some injury concerns earlier in the year. He's on my fantasy baseball team. He's been fantastic. He's 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 been one of one of the best, if not the best player in the second half of the season. Um, guy's been, you know, he, he's proving that he's absolutely legitimate. I would have no problem putting big money into Juan Soto. I wanted so there's one other sort of item that we had sort of discussed the other day that I wanted to talk about with you uh, tonight because i thought it was really interesting we were talking about like our horizon as far as our collecting goes because we we talked about how you know you don't sell your cards you've sold you know your first card eight or nine months ago but you you know and the what we were sort of talking about was how prices go up and down values go up and down you know sometimes in this hobby daily like we've seen that over the last year and a half but you know does that does that impact you and your collection? That does the, do the day to day fluctuations of the of the value of cards that you own? How mm-hmm. how do you feel about that? And and kind of speak to it in terms of your 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 horizon within uh, how long you hope to own your cards. So um, so first off, um, I've made I've I've been very honest with the people on my channel that I find the the movement of card values to be incredibly fascinating i've always found it to be fascinating like it's what drew me honestly what part of what drew me to collecting was the you know the beckett guides and looking at the you know the up and down arrows and being able to see like i was like I, like it was it was always fun for me to do you know and then and the the cool part of like buying a player and then seeing if you're right about it and then if if you know and if the card price went up you're like it was like justifying your, you know, your smart decision. Um, but I, you know, the, at the end of the day, you know, that's part of the reason why I collect iconic cards 
is because of the fact that um, one thing that we, we learned from the 80s and 90s crash was that um, 99% of your cards are going to probably be worthless one day. But there's going to be that 1% that, you know, because everyone thinks, okay, all the cards that were that we collected as kids are all worthless. Well, not necessarily if you collected the right cards. Like if you collected a 50, if you look at the chart of the 52 tops mantle, it would just go like up, 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 up. It has never gone down. It just goes up and up every year. Um, and that's part of the reason why I, I collect <clears throat> what I what I think are the most iconic cards, not only because I enjoy those cards, but also because if I'm going to spend big money on cards, they better as hell be long-term, you know, good investments in, in the event that I need to sell. Um, and so, and as long as you are being smart about, um, and, and like, I, I, I recommend that everyone kind of do this, you know, put your cards, put your money into the 1%. Try If you, if you have any interest, you know, I know a lot of people don't care about the value of cards and, and they're just, you know, they want to collect and that's very admirable. But if, you know, if you're going to be putting big money into cards, you may want to consider, you know, putting into like more, you know, into cards that, you know, will, there's not as much risk. A lot, there are so many cards, um, you know, and we learned this, you know, just recently, like so many cards that people submitted to PSA. They're getting them back and even even they're coming back as a PSA 10 and they're worth like $15. You know, they're, they're worth less than the amount that it took to get them graded. And um, you got to be careful. Like, and and that's good. And those cards are going to keep going down. It's not like they're going to go up. Um, Nobody cares that you have like a Gavin Lux rookie and a PSA nine. Like that's not (laughs) the cards. Like unless Gavin Lux becomes like, I'm picking on him, but like, unless he becomes one of the greatest of all time, that card's going to go down. It's going to keep like, it's, it's going to be worthless. And you're just going to have like this slabbed card of that. Nobody's going to ever want. So I, I, you know, I, I highly encourage people to really be very smart about their big purchases, focus on the greats, focus on, you know, the iconic cards and try to get yourself out of those prospecting, you know, those lower end cards that eventually will be worthless, to be honest with you. I, I always feel bad. Like every time I talk to somebody like, I don't know, Jerry, I'm sure this happens to you, Jeremy. Like you, you ever, you ever talk to a buddy that you like, they find out that you collect and they go, Oh dude, I got to show you my collection. I got, and, and like, I just go, uh, no, I don't want to see your collection. Cause I know what it's going to be. They're going to show me their collection. And then I have to give them this horrible news that it's absolutely worthless. And I've had that, I've had to tell people that so many times. And I just don't want that to now happen to the people that are collecting now where they, you know, maybe they, they collect now and then they forget about it. And then 20 years from now they go, Oh, all those cards that I got graded at PSA, I'm sure they're worth something now. And then they find out that they're worthless, which is going to happen. It's all cyclical. So it happens trying to learn from previous mistakes. Well, that's smart, man. And, you know, that's one thing we, you know, veteran hobbyists like ourselves have is we lived through the the 80s, the 90s, and the last 20 years. So, but yeah. it happened to me today. I get a, I get a, I get an unsolicited text message or a YouTube, uh, sorry, Facebook message saying, um, can you talk to me about, about cards? I, I'm a friend. I was referred to you by Sammy. I'm like, okay, sure. So I, I phone this guy up and he's like, I've got, 
and I feel bad for my, you know, friend passed away. I've got 30, 30 factory sets of 1990 score hockey, 30 of them. I'm like, (laughs) what do you say? Like, yeah, you know, they're probably worth about 20 bucks each. You know, if you can find someone who's willing to pay the shipping on them. But, you know, if you're like, I I said, I said, they're going to be really hard for you to move. Maybe go to a shop. Just tell the guy you're coming first. Don't just show up with them because you might not even want them for free. But you know, you got to you you got you got to be prepared for just giving these things away, like even goodwill or something like that, because you can't you can't move them. Like some stuff is just there's no home for. It. But th- these aren't horrible sets. Actually, there's there's some good rookie cards in there, like some really good ones. But still, you can buy this on eBay for twenty or thirty dollars. What's it? What, what can you get? Anyway, it happens to me all the time, Joe. Just like it happens to everybody listening that's high, heavy in the hobby. Your people outside the hobby in your life know that you're into it. They're always asking, and it's always ni- early '90s stuff. Always, yeah. always, always. And I, I, I don't know about you, but I, just, I hate break, breaking bad news because they're oh. like they, they think that they have like something special, and they're like, "Dude, I can't wait to show you." Oh, you're a bigot to collect. I'm like, oh, I don't even want to see it. I know exactly what it's going to be. I've gotten into the habit of just right out of the gate. I just said, yeah, it's worthless. I don't, I don't even try to sugarcoat it anymore. I rip the bandaid off quick. I say it's, it's, yeah, it, it, you're talking about like pro set and score and, and upper deck from the early night. I got, it's worthless. Like I just tell them right away. So that they, they, they lose hope no, that's... right away. Cause I don't want them to sit there thinking they have a gold mine on their hands. No, that's, that's the way to go because you don't want to be like you don't want to drag them out. I, I have one guy in particular where I've dragged them out, I feel bad about it. He's like, "So do wait until you see." I'm, I'm like, "Oh, I can't wait." <laughs> Eventually, he's gonna get me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to have that conversation. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. It's like like just wait, and we're gonna have to have that conversation. It's like the one with your kids when they read it's reach a certain age. Now it's with your buddy and all of his <laughs> worthless baseball cards from 1989 through 93. Right. Right. Because that's when everyone's glad. Okay, a couple of comments here. Uh, Jahan says that Joe, you may find great contacts on Instagram, which is, I will tell you, Joe, the community on there is really great. I, I, I do highly recommend it. Rage makes a good comment, says rarity and scarcity is key. And Jahan says, yeah, correct, as much as we can afford it, which is a very astute comment as well, because rarity is no longer uh, very affordable in this hobby. We got Thomas Newman in the house. Good evening, Thomas. I hope he's talking about you. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, the red ni- the, the red 90s Donruss and the yellow Fleer. The red Donruss and the yellow Fleer. That's exactly what it's going to be. Like, dude, look at this 90 Donruss. And I'll be like, oh, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Here, Dexlo wants you to do this, Joe. What order would you put these guys in? Best to worst. Acuna, Tatis, Soto, and Vlad Jr. Best to worst. Wow. Um, yeah. So th- this is th- this is like a no win kind of answer because it's impossible to know the future. Um, uh man, who would I who would I go with? Cunha, uh, Tatis, Soto, with Vlad Jr. Who's the um, well? Start at the top if it's easier. It's not. It, it, it's such a great question because it, it's it's no matter who I go with, it's it's you know, and then you could throw Otani in there too. Um, which I'm glad you left one guy off there that I don't have to deal with. <laughs> makes makes your job easier. Right, right. Um, man, you know, I I feel like Juan Soto's the safest bet, 
just because he's just, you know, he, he's just such a great hitter that he's like, and, and he's, and, and he hasn't had too many problems with injuries. So I, I probably would put him at the top just because I feel like he's the safest one. Um, and then, oh man, the Acuna scares me with the injuries. He's so talented. He, Acuna could be number one um, if he could stay healthy, but but at the same time, I might have him at number four just because he's he scares me. With he, he, I feel like every year he gets injured, and um, and sometimes he 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 dogs it a little bit, and that scares me a little bit because I know collectors will take that, you know, will put that aside and think about like, okay, he dogged it. Um, so I'm going to put Acuna at number four. I'll put Soto at number one. Uh, Vlad and Tatis, uh, that's tough. Um, yeah. You know what? I'll, I'm gonna go Vlad and then Tatis, and then I'll go Acuna. I, I really like. I, I I've been very impressed with what Vlad's doing this year. Yeah. I, you I know, you can almost put Vlad number one. I'll put Vlad number two for now because just because he's only done it, this is like his first year where he's like really put it together. But he's so young and he's got the name too. Oh man, maybe it's Vlad number one. Maybe it's Vlad number. I thought you were going to put Vlad at number one just because of what's going on lately. But no, he might he might be number one. But it's just like you know he's only this is like the he finally put it together. Yeah, nobody would have put Vlad in, even in this conversation until uh, like you wouldn't put like going into this year it would be Acuna, Tatis, Soto, and you wouldn't have Vlad or Otani in that conversation. So now the weird thing is putting Vlad at number one feels really weird for me because you wouldn't even have had Vlad or Otani even in the conversation. Fair. Well, there you go, Dexflow. Thank, thanks, Joe, for the uh, the comprehensive response I, uh, on behalf well, of uh, – Yeah, I'm looking at uh, Rockla Tax, and that's a, a fear too is like, he, you know, he's got the weight thing and uh, is he going to, you know, fall apart when he gets a little bit older and – that's what I like about Soto. He's just kind of this, you know, this compact. Sorry, we're gonna end up spending like twenty minutes. Yeah, <laughs> who's number one? Okay, I'll roll through a few more here. A few more. Uh, what? There was one I want. Oh, here we go. I just want to say hi to Jeremy Allen. Collectors League says hello. Good evening. Pepino Man wants to let y'all know you can meet a lot of card collectors on Grinder if you're looking for another outlet. That's where you can do that. 70s card show says people are buying that junk thankfully talking about those like those early 90s stuff now some people are going back to it so but how long will that you know is there really value there like what what does someone i said to the guy what do you do i said you're not going to want to go through the ebay process to get that 20 or 30 dollars so what are you really going to do you know like the guy's not going to it's not right it's not even worth his time so part of the part of the problem too is you know i feel like the this is and maybe this is just me, but I I really believe that graders don't want to give out any more tens. Um, you know they've already given out enough tens. It's very tough. Like even if a card is perfect, you send it off to PSA, and they're not going to you know like maybe you get lucky and you get a ten, but it's just the odds are just not in your favor. And now the grading has gone up so much, it's like. You know, because the value is in now in getting it graded and get and get, hoping for that ten. So unless the like, and that's part of the problem too, is people like they show me their collection and it's like they didn't take care of it, and so I'm like, there's no way you got any tens in here, you know. And then even if you do, it's, it's like, is it worth the shot of sending it to get graded anymore? You know, 
don't know if it's even worth it. Like when it was $8 a card to get graded, you take that chance. No brainer. But now do you make that, do you teach you like, you know, I, I think I have heard PSA is going to open their doors back up very soon. Uh, at least that's the thought um, like back in like as early as October, but like, what is it going to be like per card? I mean, I doubt it's going to be, you know, $12 a card. Like it was about a year ago. It's probably going to be like, Forty, fifty dollars a card at like the lowest service level. If they go to twelve, they're gonna get them. They're gonna have another ten million plus card backlog pretty quick for right. twelve bucks. Yeah, it's not bad. It's a hundred million in revenue, but I guess when you can uh, do half the work for more revenue or even less than that, it uh, it yeah. just tells you they're, they're getting submissions and it was like two hundred, three hundred dollars a card, and they're still getting submissions. So why why reduce it to eight dollars? Like you know. Exactly. Why bother? Why bother at this point? All right, man. Well, listen, we are, we're at the hour 46 mark. And uh, what do you say? Anything else you want to chat about before we wind down or uh, are you, you good for the night? No, this was, this was awesome. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's like almost 2 AM Eastern time and uh, my son will probably wake me up in about three hours. So I should oh, okay. Well, <laughs> let's uh, okay. Well, I, I wanted to keep going because this was this was just so much fun. So it's enjoyable, man. Well, we'll get you back. I mean, if you're if you're willing to come back on the show, I mean, we know that uh, Angie Vokakis uh, w- definitely wants you back. So I think I said that I forget how to say the last name Vokakis, and but but anyway, we've had a request, so you're welcome back, man, and um, we'll be in touch and uh, hopefully get hopefully uh, do that in the next little bit. Um, but to everyone in the chat, thank you for tuning in. If you're listening to this on a podcast, which I will load it up in a couple of days, uh, you know, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed Silver Jackify. If you are not yet subscribed, subscribe to his YouTube channel. Make sure to download his new album that's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, like, like the album's not very good. It's not very- there's a sales pitch right there, guys. It's just not very good. And it's actually kind of embarrassing. It's like, you know, like I wrote about girls, you know, it was, it was like the lyrics are really embarrassing. I don't even know why I put it out there, but Too funny. I don't know. You know, I just figured, why not? I'm, you well, know. Hey, Mel, you only live once. Thank right. you to Rage. Appreciate it. Thanks, Troy. Pepino, great to have you. Jeremy Allen, thank you. Alf, thank you for joining. Ian Undercover, good to see you. F Chiz, thanks for joining. Appreciate all you guys, all you gals for for watching the show. Uh, again, I'm on tomorrow night on the Collectible YouTube channel. Got a, it's going to be a lot of fun. Justin Cornett will be my guest. We're going to have a good time on there. He's got an amazing collection. So be be sure to, if you are able to, tune into that. Subscribe to that channel. I'd appreciate it. Otherwise, I'm back here next week and uh, look forward to seeing y'all. We'll send. Hopefully you check out Joe's channel if you haven't yet. I'm sure you have. Joe, final comments from you, and then it is over. No, uh, it was awesome, uh, Jeremy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, actually, you know, I enjoyed the PWCC auction. That, that was, uh, like, really, I, it was really fascinating to see some of, and, you, and you're looking at, like, fire cards, too, which is awesome. Like, I, like I, I, it, you know, you got to see some, like, really awesome cards, and then that, so that that lead in was was actually kind of fun because I, I I got into it and I started I, I brought out all these cards that, that I didn't get a chance to show but like I was like oh man the, you know it, uh, it but it's you know the hobby's uh, alive and well so I um, uh, thank you everybody for uh, tuning in I know it's like two a.m. on the East Coast so 
Um, for sure, man. Thanks for, thanks for tuning in, guys. All right. Thank you, Dex. Barbara Saloni, thank you very much. Appreciate that. All right, everybody. Good night. Thanks for joining. Have a great Sunday tomorrow and a great week ahead. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.